Hey you guys, it's your host Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today's topic is a little different than the things that I've released recently. It's all about feeding your babies. From day one, you are in charge of either breastfeeding or bottle feeding. Like you are 100% the source of nutrition for your baby. And that continues even as they begin to start solid foods. However you go about it, will be, you know, kind of up to you. I have my own way and it's honestly been a journey. It has been full of really hard days, really easy days, times where I feel like my kid is like the champion eater and there are other times where I feel like the only thing he'll touch are his snacks. And lately it's been more of a snack game. So I reached out to one of my lifelong best friends, Taylor. She is a registered dietitian. She'll actually be on here every so often because She is just a wealth of knowledge and is such a boss at all things nutrition. Um, But she specifically works at a children's hospital here in Utah with children who have eating disorders. And while we aren't going to cover eating disorders today, she is going to talk a little bit about how to help your children create some healthy eating habits from day one, which I think is totally something that we're capable of as parents, just something that takes a little bit of education on and helping our children really realize that they are capable of recognizing their hunger cues and eating intuitively. Um, So those are kind of the things we're talking about today. I am so excited and I hope that you enjoy this as much as I do. So let's listen up and get a little more educated. toddler as you all know and he has become a horrible eater so I reached out to one of my BFFs Tay hey (laughs) she's a registered (laughs) dietitian and the queen of all things food and she's gonna teach us a little bit today about kind of intuitive eating with children and how you can kind of tackle food issues with your babies in your parenting because it is literally the worst Mm mm-hmm but tell um, us about yourself. Okay. My name's Taylor. I am a registered dietitian. I work at the local children's hospital. She's a boss, you guys. It's great. I love working with kids. Um, and so I see a lot of, like, kids who have issues with or, like, who struggle with picky eating or have um, food aversions and kids who have to work with dietitians and speech therapists and all those types of things. So, um, to preface, I am not a mom. I do not claim to be (laughs) a mom. She's pretty much second mom (laughs) to my children, though. So, So, what I say today is not coming from the experience of a mom. So, (laughs) put it into your life as you will, knowing that. Just want to preface that. (laughs) Whatever. She honestly knows what she's talking about. And like she said, she does this professionally. So, she's going to have some good tips for us. I guarantee it. But, I don't know. I am just struggling with Lewis. That's, that's okay. where we're starting. 
Tell me, tell me more, like specifics. Okay, so from the beginning of our food journey, he has been like incredible eater. Mm-hmm. We did um, like baby led weaning, which is pretty much like give them what's on your plate mm-hmm. from day one. Okay. So like I if like we were that. having chicken, he's having a drumstick when mm-hmm. he's six months old. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they just kind of gnaw on it. Just to kind of introduce the different textures and flavors and get them used to, like, spices, things like that. When I feel like most generic baby foods that you just buy at the store are, like, mango puree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, this whole new movement, kind of, in teaching your children to eat a variety of foods earlier on so that they kind of aren't picky eaters when they're older. You know, that's kind of the thought behind it. But, like I said, been the best eater for, like... A year and a half. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Then about like 18 months hits and he starts to have like less of an appetite at mealtimes, which I mean, I've talked to my pediatrician about it, you know, baby's appetites ebb and flow. Yeah. Sometimes he's starving. He'll eat like a man child for like the whole day. Yeah. Other times he'll eat like three bites the entire day and there's nothing I can do about it. You right. know what I mean? But um, gets to be like 18 months and starts being like very preferential about what he eats Mm -hmm. used to love broccoli will not touch broccoli anymore Mm -hmm. like used to honestly eat anything we put in front of him and now it's like no mommy I want cheese Mm -hmm. you know which I'm like okay he has preferences totally fine but it's getting to the point where we'll be up eating for dinner and He'll take, like, three bites, you know, and then he'll want to be excused and, like, get off of his chair, Mm -hmm. which, like, we have a pretty open, like, thing there where I'm just like, hey, if you don't want to eat right now, like, you don't have to eat because it ends up being more of a fight and he just, like, throws his food on the floor or something. So we've tried to, like, kind of create that boundary where it's like, hey, you can tell me when you want to eat, but um, it's become, like, he'll say, I'm done, and then... Like, 10 minutes later after dinner is clean up, he's like, Mommy, I'm hungry. Like, mm-hmm. I want a snack. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll say, okay, like, this is what we had for dinner. But, you know what I mean? But he doesn't want to eat what we had for dinner, right. obviously. He just wants, like, his snack foods, yeah. you know? So it's just been hard. And it got me thinking, like, okay, how as a parent can I address this to, like, keep him from having, like, a negative relationship with food later, you mm-hmm. know? Because yeah. I think children are very impressionable and maybe I'm being dramatic and reading into it way too much at his age where I'm like okay he's like tiny I don't think so (laughs) you know what I mean yeah but I do think that habits and things stem from when they're tiny so helping him create like these relationships early is important to me and I just feel like I'm at a loss yeah so I'm like hi registered dietitian Taylor (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best cue her Well, I don't think you're being dramatic at all because (laughs) we actually start, like, research shows that kids start being, um, like, affected by the way that food is presented to them and talked about with them and things like that. I think it's around the age of three. Okay. And so, like, that's when it really starts sticking. And Lewis, like, gets it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, a pretty with it. Yeah. Almost two-year-old. So, I'm like, shoot, like... Uh This is going to – I'm, like, worried it's going to, like, stick with it. You know what I mean? And I mean – like, if you think back to, like, if you just personally think about ways that – or your own relationship with food, I think most people can trace it back pretty early on. Totally. Um, If they have some, like, 
different different things about their relationship with food Mm -hmm. and it makes sense because like you start forming those patterns when you're a toddler and then they totally stick with you throughout the rest of your life and so one thing that we talked about talking about was like how to raise a child to be an intuitive eater which if you don't know is a concept that's really big right now I feel like most people know about it but yeah basically the idea that like your body as a system knows how to like respond to food naturally like our bodies know how to tell us when we're hungry our bodies know how to tell us when we're full our bodies know how to tell us what sounds good to eat um and we oftentimes lose that pretty quickly because from a really young age and then as kids get older and they start getting into the teenage years and like dieting starts happening or adult years or anything like that all of those external cues will kind of take those internal cues away Mm. um and so it's really interesting yeah so if you were to think like and I I mean we can kind of get into it but you're born an intuitive eater so like you have Ralphie right now like he knows kind of true like he knows when he's hungry like and he knows when he's full yes and he gives you a signal when he's hungry and he gives you signals when he's full am i embarrassed that i'm kind of mind blown right now no you really you're it's profound (laughs) like why have i never and we don't have the ability like if you're i don't know when you try to force feed ralphie like does he if i try and feed him when he's not hungry it is like all hell has right like he literally will scream at me until i stop Right. And I'm like, oh, like, you're not hungry. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, you know. And there are certain situations, obviously, where babies struggle with eating, and that's a whole different story. But, like, a baby who eats properly and who doesn't struggle knows how to listen to those cues. That's what they're born with. Like, that's what their body is telling them to do. And um, so then, like, kids start getting a little bit older, and we start putting – some more expectations on them and I think rightly so like I think as moms again I'm not a mom but (laughs) I think that moms just try to like help their food help their kids like eat the appropriate amount and help them eat the right kinds of food and help them help them eat balanced and it all is like such good intention Mm -hmm. but the minute we start saying things like you have to finish your whole plate if you want a piece of dessert or you can't eat this food until you eat this food it sort of takes away their ability for them to listen to those internal cues, and they start putting more um, importance on the external cues. And so I think that there is, like, a healthy balance with this, Um, and there's kind of, like, a way to navigate it to, like, respect that your child knows the amount of food that they should eat, um, but also to provide your kids with food that, like is balanced that you like that's important to you to feed your kids yeah see I feel like that's probably where I struggle the most is I'm like okay it's important to me that Lewis have a plate that has like a wide variety and that like I'm pretty careful about what I feed him Mm -hmm. just because I want him to have like whole foods and just avoid you know a lot of like trash food as I can yeah kind of but then like I also am like okay I want you to have goldfish like you're mm-hmm. a child. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But he knows Being that, realistic. like, goldfish is, like, his snack. Like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so, <laughs> because he's smart, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, 
dude, you just swindled me out of your lunch yeah. so you could eat goldfish like an hour yeah. later. Yeah. And he'll pound them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, why did you eat three bites of your lunch and then the whole bag of goldfish that yeah. I gave you? And I mean, you know? I think that, like, something that is good to remember is, like, you know, like, as an adult – it's way easier to eat, like, four handfuls of oh. goldfish than it is to, you know. Absolutely. Like, I'm like, like I'm going to take two those. bites of salad mm-hmm. and a bag of goldfish. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm just like, Ugh. But they catch on really early, which yes. I think is hard. Like, they catch on to the packaged foods. They catch on yeah. to the sugary foods. And so so I think that there's, like, a couple of ways. And, again, I don't think that there's, like, one right way to do it. I just yeah. think that there's things to think about. So what, like – a lot of pediatric dietitians or feeding therapists or family nutritionists or whatever recommend is doing, um, like, the parent's role or whoever is feeding the kid. Their role is to provide, like, provide the food and provide what food they want to provide and provide it at roughly set meal times, mm-hmm. um, but leave it up to the child to choose how much they eat. Which I think can be very challenging mm-hmm. because, like you're saying, like there are times when um, Lou eats like two bites of food and you're like, I know you're hungry. Yes. But the idea behind this, as challenging as it is, is teaching them how to figure out how to be hungry and full. And so when they have a plate of food in front of them and they have two bites and an hour later they say, I'm hungry and I need a snack or 20 minutes later or whatever mm-hmm. – um, just reminding them, like, we just had dinner, and so you can wait until your bedtime snack that's in an hour. But you you need to remember next time at dinner to double-check if you're really full before you leave the kitchen table or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think is not easy, but I think that in the long run that the kid will pick up on that and start yeah. thinking, like, oh, I have to, like, eat this meal until I'm full and they sort of, like, learn the concept behind that. But I also think that implementing that can be, like, really challenging. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm totally exposing myself right now. <laughs> no, Because, go. I mean, like you said, I feel like that's theoretically, like, a fantastic basis to create for your child. Like, help them understand their hunger cues from day one. But from a mom standpoint, I'm like, okay, I know you're going to be, like, hangry crying at me. Mm-hmm. in a half hour yeah and so sometimes <laughs> i'll like let lou leave the table and he'll go start playing because mm-hmm. that's kind of his routine after breakfast and then like if i offer him bites while he plays he'll eat oh yeah so it's like that makes once, sense once like he's doing what he wanted to do yeah he's like oh yeah i'm still hungry like feed me mom yeah but it goes against like the whole baby led weaning thing mm-hmm. to like spoon feed your child you yeah know what I mean because it's to like help them again recognize the hunger cues and like, yeah. eat when they want to eat and feed themselves yeah you know so it's kind of like a catch-22 because I'm like it really I is I know you'll still eat if I like feed you yeah you know but then it's like did you not want it like do yeah you, do you not feel the need to eat yeah like, am I ruining his internal cues by doing that because he's yeah. already showed me that he's disinterested and done do you think if you, know? you let him just be done and go play would he like want food like 20 minutes later sometimes yes sometimes no okay like I feel like it goes like it's 50 50 yeah 
See, and usually I just offer the same food mm-hmm. we were having 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't clean up his breakfast until lunch. Yeah. And then lunch. Which like, I think is smart because. Like, you can eat when you want. Like, yeah. Like, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think another thing, a big thing to remember is, like, we as adults, like, we don't get hungry and full like toddlers do. And so it's super, like, normal for a kid to have two bites of food at breakfast, um, a half of the lunch you prepared for them at lunch, and then to have, like, double the servings you thought they were going to have at dinner. Yes. And yes. so I think he that's a that. really he hard totally thing to wrap that. your mind around is, like, mm-hmm. some – like, kids are not going to eat perfectly. They're going to have days when they're way hungrier. They're going to have days when they barely eat anything. And that is pretty normal. Um, and all of this to say, unless there's, like, something more going on, obviously, where, like, if your child's, yes. like, really struggling to eat, that's where I would reach out to, like, a dietitian or a feeding therapist at your local hospital or whatever it is. But as far as, like, healthy kids, like, day-to-day, super normal for them to be all over the map with their intake of food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is smart to... Just, like, save the food that you're eating. Maybe I would even, I would even, like, maybe just mess around with, okay, it's 10 minutes later, they say, or an hour later, they say that they're hungry. Like, the idea of saying, okay, well, snack time's in an hour, Mm -hmm. so let's try to wait until snack time, and then we can have a really big snack if you're extra hungry. Like, I would just be curious to see how that goes. Yeah, honestly. To say, like, we just had breakfast, and you decided you were full, and snack time is in 30 minutes, so you're going to – I don't know. I would just be curious to see how kids respond. Yeah, I would be curious to, like, test that out on him and see what he says to me. Yeah, Um, But, yeah, that's, like, the the idea of helping kids to be intuitive eaters is that – parents job is to provide the food that you choose to provide and to provide it at the times you choose to provide okay and then they pick how much they eat so if it's surprising how little it is it's surprising how much it is that's something that as like an intuitive eater they're supposed to choose Mm -hmm. um again I don't think it like works perfectly all the time I don't think it's something you have to do all the time by any means but I just think it's, like, a concept to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I also think there's some, like, little tricks. Like, some kids really like – maybe they, like, really like eating packaged foods. And that's mm-hmm. what they are, like, always going to. And that's the first thing they eat or whatever. Like, just doing really simple things like taking it out of the package and putting it on a plate with other types of foods. Mm-hmm. Um I think one big thing to think about is making food and mealtimes very comfortable for kids. I was just going to say, I feel like especially in a situation where your child is not eating as much as you hoped they would Mm -hmm. or, like, showing disinterest in this meal you have in front of them, like, the stress Mm -hmm. just is amplified. Like, times 100. Totally. And I feel like it's a turnoff. Like, when Lou knows I'm stressed that he's not eating, he's like – F you, mom. Like, yeah. I'm going to go play. You know what and I mean? And they can, like, understand. <laughs> it, you yeah. Know? They can understand that, like, they're doing something disappointing or wrong. Mm-hmm. Even if, like, parents don't mean for it to come off that way, I think that in certain situations they can catch on to, like, for some reason mom's mad at me yes. and I really don't want this food yes. for whatever reason. And now I'm maybe in trouble or, like, mm-hmm. 
someone's stressed or and so a big thing is making mealtime like really enjoyable as much as possible and again like is this gonna happen all the time no are you gonna have like your baby screaming while you're trying to feed your toddler yes but (laughs) trying to make it like a time where you sit down have a conversation um as much as you can with your toddler but um, (laughs) if it's Lou as a full-blown conversation yeah chatting it up (laughs) um and trying not to talk so much about the food so that it can be just a time where like eating is normal you don't have to talk about it so much it doesn't have to be this like um situation that's full of pressure Mm -hmm. and so that's one thing to think about too is trying to make it like a positive experience because I feel like especially before I had Ralph like mealtimes were kind of that for Lou and I like Mm -hmm. it was like we'd sit down yeah just like hang he'd eat you know what I mean yeah and now where it's like okay I know I have a ticking clock of like the baby's gonna be screaming in a half hour yeah if you don't eat like I can't be here with you to help you eat you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it does just like inadvertently become a stressful yeah thing yeah and so that's good that's just like a good reminder to be like you know what yeah just try and remove the stress from it so that he can kind of take the lead and like totally feel any pressure because I would never want my child to feel like pressured to do something that really like the consequence is like nothing you know what I mean right like yeah something very dumb for him to feel pressure about yeah and as a mom though it's stressful totally because you have all this stuff you need to do you're on a time constraint and you want him to get it done but um and even like you were saying how like toys at breakfast time distract him like Mm -hmm. bring those to the table or like make a game of how you're eating or another thing that can be really helpful for kids and I'm sure everybody's heard this but being able to see their parents eating kind of like you were talking about with the is it called baby Baby led weaning Mm -hmm. um they like kids learn to eat from the people that they're eating with so they learn how to use a fork because they see other people use it and they learn how to like put things in their mouth because they see other people do it and so as much as you can eating when your child eats um can be helpful for them because they feel like okay this person's eating too and it's not just on me if that makes sense totally um and I think another good thing to show kids is like okay I have this amount of food left on my plate but I'm feeling full so I'm gonna stop or I'm actually so hungry for more sweet potatoes tonight so I'm gonna get another spoonful do you want more sweet potatoes like asking them those types of questions um can help them to kind of like actually think through it and I think too like as adults ask your like practice asking yourself those questions um because that can help you sort of like be more in touch with your internal cues and then sort of like help your child in that way too I know I'm kind of be like a little wow, more intuitive. I, I should be like like this will help me yeah and I mean it's hard like it totally it sounds so easy to be like double check if you're hungry or full <laughs> yeah, <seriously> but <laughs> it's like really hard like you yeah. have to kind of like be mindful about it um I think one thing that I've found to be successful with kids when I'm trying to talk to them about food and stuff is um have you ever heard of the hunger fullness scale I haven't okay it's just the like it's a scale from one to ten and it's like one is like super super hungry 
gonna pass out feeling so starving okay 10 is like overly full feeling sick ate too much food okay and so in a perfect world you want to start eating when you're at like a three or a four and you want to stop eating at like a seven okay um where you're like you're hungry you kind of start noticing that maybe your stomach is feeling empty but you're not like famished and feeling like you could eat the whole house Mm -hmm. and then you're stopping when you feel comfortably full and you feel satisfied but you're not overly full you're not like stopping too early and so there's like if you look up hunger fullness scale just like on the internet there's a bunch of different graphics and there's one that is a balloon and it's like an empty balloon and a full balloon okay and so as silly as this is sometimes with kids I'll be like okay if you're done eating you're gonna close your eyes really quick take a deep breath and I want you to tell me if your balloon inside your belly is full or if it's still empty and I just, like, that. doing that little thing, I think, like, they know how to listen to their bodies better yeah. than we do. Yeah. And so if they do that and that's what you do after every meal as much as you can or whatever, um, I think they start cluing in to being like, oh, feeling full feels this way. That, like, my balloon feels perfectly full. You don't want your balloon to pop mm-hmm. and you don't want your balloon to be too empty, but you just want it to be just right. So do just doing little like games like that where they can kind of catch on to what you're trying to do, I actually think is super helpful. Yeah. No, I love that. And idea. like I'll sometimes do that as an adult. Like I'll be like, wait, no, I'm like, <laughs> should take a deep breath. Am I full? My am I hungry? <laughs> like am I yeah, where am I at? Um, and I even think you could print off like one of those little graphics. Yeah, they have like, like, a little, like there's a bunch. There's like peas in a pod and there's oh, like an empty pod and a full pod. Anyway. Um I actually like that a lot, too. So I'm trying to think of what else I wanted okay, to say um, about this. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have anything else? Because I'm going to switch gears for a sec. I just thought um, Oh, I, I do think that one thing to think about, well, maybe I'll kind of save that if we talk about picky eaters. Which I want to. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm looking at my notes really quick. I think I, oh, the last thing I would say about intuitive eating and trying to teach that to kids is as much as possible refraining from comments about the food. So, like, mm-hmm. if um, if someone at the table thinks that the sweet potatoes are so gross, obviously you can't control what everyone's going to say, but in your own, like, home, yes. if the kid really loves sweet potatoes and someone hates them they're gonna start catching on to that and Mm -hmm. think like oh okay these are supposed to be gross or whatever um as well as when talking about food saying things like well chocolate is bad for you and broccoli is good for you Mm -hmm. which is so easy to say obviously like as an adult we understand what that means yes but as a child that's um putting things in boxes and saying like okay, chocolate is bad, chocolate's not allowed, yes. and broccoli's good and broccoli's fine, and now all they want is the chocolate. It's bad. yeah. And so I think just saying, like, wording it in a way that's, like, any um, food that we eat too much of is going to make us feel sick. Too much broccoli's going to make us feel sick. Too much chocolate's going to make us feel sick. And some foods just have more nutrients. I feel like when I talk, like I'm talking to a kid, I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> And so half this podcast is going to be like (laughs) talking to a toddler. But 
trying to say things like broccoli has more nutrients <laughs> and chocolate has less nutrients, but chocolate is really good for to make our tummy happy when we when we need to make our tummy or things like that that just make it a little bit less like demonized. Yeah. I think food can become very demonized and instead just explaining to them like how you actually think about it. Like I think you're really good with Lou about like talking to him like he's an adult. Yes, that is something that we've You're made very like good a about very that. big point of doing since he was tiny. Mm-hmm. I remember when I very first had him, I read a parenting book that like had like a whole thing on that, a whole bit about it, and it was like it's just so good for their language development and like they're a human, treat them yeah. like a human. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it it actually has carried over into so many different aspects of like my parenting in his life that I've just like noticed where like. It's kind of a dumb thought, and I'm changing subjects for a second. But think of, like, when a kid comes over, and, like, all of a sudden they have to share all their toys. Yeah. And, like, moms are so mad when their kid has, like, a tantrum that they have to share. And I'm like, imagine if someone walked into your closet and was like, share all your clothes with me. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if you start to, like, actually think about the situations you're putting your child in. Yeah. And, like, addressing them as you would want to address them. Yeah. It just really has, like, been a game changer. But with, like, treats and things, for example, that's been something that has been kind of, like, I don't know, something that we've had to, like, work through with Lou. Because as any child does, like, he loves, like, treats, the Mm -hmm. sweet things. Like, he always wants a treat. Anytime he goes to my mom's house, he knows he can have a high chew. Mm -hmm. So, like, the second we walk in the door, he's like, Grandma Debbie, I want high chew. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and my mom's like me with the course. caramels every time yeah. I went to Dubs. I'm like, Deb, can I have six caramels to go? Literally, <laughs> you're like, I'll just put them in my pocket. We all know where they are. <laughs> no, literally though, like she is just like treat lady, mm-hmm. and it's hard when you when you take your child anywhere where you don't have complete control because you don't want to be like the overbearing parent who never lets them like go over and have treats at grandma's yeah. you know what I mean like yeah I want him to have that childhood and like I want my parents to feel like they can give Lou treats yeah. because they're his grandparents right. you know whatever but um I think like I've noticed sometimes my mom inadvertently will say like to Lou like okay but eat your sandwich and then you can have your high chew mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't I never want to create like a basis of like eat your food here's a reward yeah because I feel like that just kind of like you said earlier, like, finish all the food on your plate and then you can have, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It kind of, like, makes them ignore maybe the cues because they're working towards, like, the treat. Right. Where, like, I want them to just, like, know we can have a treat, mm-hmm. but, like, eat it in moderation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that, I think that, like, desserts and sweet foods are tricky because, like, any person, like, those are mostly the foods that you're like, oh, that sounds so good. Totally. Could eat endless amounts, whatever. And kids are kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there's – I again, I think that there's a lot of right ways to do it. Yeah. Um, I think it's – you're not going to teach everyone, and maybe you don't even, like, catch on or vibe with the idea of, like, trying to raise an intuitive eater. Maybe you're like, you know what? I like the way that I – Totally. Have my kid eat food and stuff like that. Everybody and so, what yeah, works for them. They're Absolutely. totally, like, different ways to do it. Um, I think what can often happen is 
like we've been saying, like kids are smart and kids know that when we say you can have this food after you eat all of this food, that it's the best food. And it's Mm -hmm. the one that like we have to work towards and it becomes the reward. And so um, like if I think if I was in a situation where I was in total control, I would say you can start with your high chew, but then you still need to eat until you're full or you know, something to that extent. Totally. But at the same time, like, you're not going to tell your mom, like, don't say it like that. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And so, like, like, it like, becomes, like, a very tricky thing I think thing you can only control it so much. Yes. And for the most part, like, lose eating with you and you're kind of, like, running yeah. the show and stuff like that. Not even to say that your mom's wrong. No, no, no. And my mom is Deb, like, I, I love you. <laughs> I'm your number yeah. one fan. You know that. But I was even having a conversation with my mom on the way over here, and she was like, well, like, moms just want what's best for their kids, and they, like, which is totally true. And so, like, it doesn't have to be this perfect thing. But I do think that... (laughs) It also just makes me LOL, because I think of my mom, and you will know this, as as children, like, the sugariest thing in our house was Honey Nut Cheerios. It was your wheatgrass shot. <laughs> no, literally, though. I'm literally, like, uh, like Lou's getting... her own wheatgrass. Lou's getting treats at Deb's? I know. She has thrown all caution to the wind. You should Stop. see her cereal drawer. It's, like... Stop. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Lucky Charms. No, like... you would literally eat pickles, tomatoes, <laughs> eggs, and wheatgrass and shots. Whole, and I was like, uh... And... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over I know, there. So it, like, makes me laugh because I'm, like, for a mother... Who was so, like, yeah, into health for her children. Yeah. Now with, like, her grandkids, mm-hmm. she is just, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is kind of fun, too. Kind of, which is why I'm, like, yeah. I never want to take that away from her. And it's fun to know that when it. we go to grandma's, we get a treat. Get a treat. Like, yes. not the end of the world by no, any means. not at all. Um, I think I, that yeah. where it gets, like, a little tricky is if, like, day in and day out, it's being told to a kid okay, you get the treat after you eat your whole meal or um, hide like hiding treats or those types of things. Like kids are just going to want them more. And guess what? When they go to their friend's house, they're going to like, like literally binge on the yeah. food because like it's so restricted for them. And so you don't have to have like a bucket of Oreos sitting around your house. But I think creating a culture of maybe it's even like whatever you feel comfortable with, but after lunch we always that's when we get our treat and we love to have treats and they're good for us and they make us feel happy um but we can't eat too much because they can make us feel sick and so they know the expectation that the treat comes at lunchtime or whatever it is um and I also think like let them have the treat first like it's not the end of the world if that's all they eat I'm it's totally like, fine. Yeah. Like you had two high twos for lunch and you kids don't want can, your sandwich yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna survive. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine. Kids can survive on that yeah. and sometimes that's just um kind of what it looks like. But I think I think think about what you feel comfortable with. And if it's having a treat every other day or they know that on Tuesdays they get to go get an ice cream cone or whatever it is, but just like finding what works for you and trying as much as possible to not keep it off limits and just explaining to them like they're an adult. So instead of like hiding the food or putting it or having like, I also don't love the concept of like a junk drawer because like what's more appealing than a junk drawer as a kid? Like of course they're going to think about that and want that all day and stuff like that. 
Um, and I even think, like, maybe they get a treat after lunch and dinner. And I don't know. I just I, – I hope that that comes across as, like, go easy on yourself more than it does, like, put really high expectations. Yes, like, I hope do. it's just, like, like – it's normal for them to have those foods. Um, yes. And, and I so I think like it's finding a balance. That. I feel like I forget that sometimes. And I put pressure on myself, mm-hmm. like, as a mom – whose, like, sole responsibility is to, like, feed and keep this child alive. And, like, yeah. you want them to eat well. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. end all, you want them to eat well. Your intention is good. Yeah, and totally. So, like, when, like, all they want is sweets and you feel you feel kind of bad for, like, oh, my gosh, literally you've eaten crap today. Like, yeah. all you've had is <laughs> Lucky Charms yeah. and high chews at Grandma's and it's 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We're going out to dinner and you're probably going to have mac and cheese. Yeah. You know, where it's like, wow, that was a bad food day yeah yeah not bad food but like you know what I'm saying quote unquote we we ate a lot (laughs) as we just said don't call food bad and good a lower nutrient day yes yeah not a a great nutrient filled day yeah um but to like put it into perspective and say like I like to have treats too Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and I feel like lately we have had kind of a breakthrough with Lou with treats I will be honest because when we had Ralph had so many treats in our house yeah people are wonderful yeah they bring you dinner and they always bring treats when yes you're, when you've just of had a baby course. yes so kind and so deadly i eat like ice cream in bed every single night like no joke i think i did it every single night for the first four weeks i love it and it was wild as you should i know it was delicious um i'm now off dairy and it is ruining my life <laughs> <laughs> because ralph was like Sad. dairy overload oh, yeah. he literally i think had he's a like mom overload. too much ice cream i'm serious girl <laughs> slow down <laughs> i have stopped and he is a new baby he's just getting <laughs> milkshakes like, wow. he's like perfect <laughs> um no but every night before bed we would have like chocolate ice cream whether like mm-hmm. whatever flavor it was to lewis it's chocolate ice cream yeah and he gets like a couple spoonfuls before his bottle and like he's in heaven yeah you know what i mean yeah and, and he doesn't ask me for it throughout the day but he mm-hmm. knows like when it's like around bedtime he's like wait but mom the chocolate ice cream yeah time, you know and it's become like a very positive like he doesn't cry when we're putting it away like you know what I yeah mean? like he's like oh i get a couple bites and like that's good yeah and he's over it after that totally you know? yes rather than i feel like him hyper focusing on it and being like so sad where i feel like a couple months ago I was, and I've chilled out big time, honestly, since Lewis turned one, even. But, like, with the high chew thing at my mom's house, I used to be way more uptight about it, where it was just like, Mom, like, just offer him the treat, like, when we're going to leave. Yeah. You know, like, just let me kind of, like, have rain over what he's going to eat yeah. until he's had some good, like, nutrient food. Mm-hmm. Then you can give him the treat, whatever, you know. And now I've just, like, like you said, when she offers it, I let him have it, and we have yeah. that conversation of, like, Okay, you've had your treat. You're you're not gonna have another one before we leave. Mm-hmm. Like you've had your treat for now, and like we're gonna eat your food because it's lunchtime, you know. And try to kind of help him understand. Treats are okay. Yeah, they're great. We all love them, but we also need to eat other food too. Yeah, you know. But I also feel um, on that topic, kind of like kids. Again, like become preferential. They start to like certain things, and then like you get into, like, picky. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's Lou's, like, latest thing, I feel like. I wouldn't yeah. even classify him as picky because he still will eat, like, basically anything. Yeah. But if I put, like, cheese, broccoli, toast, and, like, 
an egg on his plate. Mm-hmm. He will always eat the cheese, maybe eat the egg. Right. And, like, leave the broccoli and toast every yeah. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cheese, number one, every single yeah. time. So I'm like, how do you keep your child from when they're getting to this point of, like, oh, I like these foods more than other foods, from becoming, like, that to, like, I'm only going to eat those foods and, like, being picky. Yeah. So I think picky eating, I think with everything we've talked about, like, kids have phases, too. Yes. I'm currently defining my own life by eras. Like, (laughs) I have a hydration era. (laughs) Please. Or I have, like, like, a hot girl walk era. I'm currently uh, in my hydration era, for anyone yes. wondering. But <laughs> catch Tay with her ankle weights on her hot girl walk. Yes. <laughs> ankle or wrist. In her rich mom sweatshirt. I, yeah, what I'm wearing right yeah, now. Um, so, like, kids are going to have phases, and that's very normal. So I think that's another thing to not beat yourself up over. Like, if your kid is super into, like, treats for a couple weeks, and that's, like, all they can focus on, it will probably sort of, like mellow out later on um so I think that that's something to remember but with picky eating one thing that's really important is um letting children have like a lot of exposures to the food because for some kids like certain foods genuinely are gross or genuinely like they do not want them for whatever reason I have a nephew like that cannot with certain textures like yeah it does not matter yeah he just can't totally Yes, but and not, like, since he was tiny. Uh huh. And like, if you really think about it, I know that kids are not adults. But if someone else was picking what you got to eat every day, you'd be uh, like, "Yes, I'm not in the mood for red peppers," you know, or whatever yes, it is. Totally though, right? Like, yeah. so it kind of makes sense that like maybe they're like, "No, genuinely, that doesn't sound good." Yeah. And so I think remind yourself of that. It's not necessarily that they don't like the food. Maybe it might be that like for a couple weeks it just doesn't sound good, or um something to that extent but exposure is super important so I think if it's um if if it's a new food you can like make it for the family maybe it's like on the dish that you cooked it on and if they're feeling like really grossed out or freaked out by it and don't want to eat it you just say oh okay like we're eating this you don't have to put any on your plate but just come look at it. Come smell it. Like, come see what you think about it. Um, because you can imagine if they're grossed out or, like, not interested in a food, and then we put it on their plate and we say, come on, you have to try two bites. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, really scary and overwhelming. And then, yes. again, they feel like they failed and they feel like they did something wrong when they just might not be interested in that food. So if it's a new food – you don't have to do this with all new foods. If they're, like, super excited about it, great. Yeah. But yeah, if it's yeah. a new food that they're resistant to, it's, like, kind of a shocking number. But I think that you want to expose them to it, like, 10 to 20 times if they really struggle with it, wow. which seems that like a ton. more than I think, yeah. Yeah. So I would think, like, make it for yourself and your family five times. And then after maybe the fifth time of them seeing it and seeing other people eat it, where you haven't put pressure on, you just ask them if they want some. And if they say no, you say, okay. Then just say, okay, we're just going to put it on your plate. So you don't have to eat it, but you have to have some on your plate, even if it's just one piece. And they have to have it on their plate for 10 times or whatever it is. And obviously, you don't have to be perfect about these numbers. But it's a a surprising amount. You have a checklist right there. Yeah. (laughs) Check it out. 
Um, it's a surprising amount because it takes them time to understand that the food is like safe and it's okay and other people are eating it and they're enjoying it. Um, and then once they've like seen the food a lot, you can start saying, can you just try one bite and can you tell me what it tastes like? You still want to make it like a fun Mm -hmm. situation. Um, and then I think another big thing is presenting the food in different ways. So like, even if you always, um, like, let's say boil your broccoli, try like air frying it, try, um, whatever else I can't think of any other like way to do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like roasting it, try baking, putting it in. <laughs> I almost said that too. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's the right term? I always do that, and I'm like, oh, it's like, roasting? Oh, wait. It's baking, honestly. It's on a cookie come sheet. On. Like, come Literally. on. Ridiculous. Um, but that actually really goes a far way with kids, because if it's a texture thing, yeah, they might really like air-fried broccoli versus, like, boiled broccoli. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so those things make a difference. And then I also think, like, help yourself as much as possible. So if Lou loves cheese, perfect. You're going to throw on tons of cheese onto that broccoli. Yeah. And you're going to present it that way. And if he picks all the cheese off, totally fine. Which I know he will. Yeah, <laughs> totally fine. Um, so I think that, that that's kind of how you're supposed to, like, present new foods. If it's a food that they were doing well with and then they stopped doing well, I would sort of go about it the same way. But I would, because they've already, like, experienced the food, I would just say, you don't have to eat it, but you have to have it on your plate. So just put it on your plate like everybody else. That's and a good tip. you don't have to eat it. Just leave it there. If you want to have a bite, you can, but no one's going to make you. Because then they just, like, they all of a sudden can calm down, and that's when they can really be like, oh, okay, I actually want to try this food. Yeah. But you can just imagine their, like, stress and anxiety. It's so funny to think about because I never would have thought about that with kids. No. But they can get, like, like really worked real. up. And anyway. Um, another thing I've had luck with with picky kids is turning it into, like, a game. And so I had this one girl who was really picky and um, was just, like, super anti-vegetables. And so um, I had her parents, like, talk with her and pick out one vegetable a month, and every week they would cook it a different way. So maybe one week it was in, like, a casserole, or one week it was in... Um, like they added a sauce to it or it was in a pasta or it was whatever cooked in a different way and presented in a different way. And they like literally built a chart where they said like, okay, February, we're going to do carrots and we're going to cook them. We're going to have them raw. We're going to have them shredded, like all those different types of things. And then every time she just tried it, just one bite, she got to like put a sticker on the chart or whatever. So if you have a, a child who's, like, really struggling, I think that that can be – that can just, again, make it fun and make it way less pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think it goes a long way because you can let them choose what food they're trying and how they're going to try it. And you can look up recipes and you can say, like, oh, my gosh, they made carrots with, like, maple syrup. Doesn't that sound good? Right? Like, yes. they have, like, yes. they're, like, a part of the experience mm-hmm. instead of just – being shown this thing um so I think that's a little bit more applicable for like older kids or Mm -hmm. like whatever older toddlers but that's another thing to think about and I 
I feel like I'm rambling. No. But I have another thing, one more no, thing to say. I, this is brilliant. Um, I think that a huge thing with food is kids feeling like they have some autonomy. Did I say that word right? Yes. Autonomy? <laughs> okay. I'm like, yes. Mm. Um, because even if it's like dessert and they know that it's dessert time, you can say, okay, do you want a Chips Ahoy? Do you want an Oreo? Or do you want ice cream? And you can just say you only get one, but you get to pick what it is, right? Or when you give them the food and you say you have to eat what's on – like your what's on your plate is the option, but you get to pick if you eat it or not. So if you don't eat it, that's okay, but you you get to choose that. So finding ways to give them more choices or if they're really struggling between broccoli and cauliflower, maybe you ask them, hey, we are going to have one of those tonight. Which one do you want? You don't have to eat it, but you have to put it on your plate. So which one do you want to put on your plate? And do you want mom to make it with cheese or with salt and pepper or whatever? Mm -hmm. So that they feel like they have some say in it. I think that that goes a long way with like picky eating, with desserts, with like lots of different ideas of food. Um, Yeah, I just think that that makes a really big difference when they feel like they're more involved. I love that. I feel like, one, I feel like I'm absolutely going to go try this. We're going to put it on your plate, but you don't have to eat it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's, like, brilliant. Yeah. like, why have I never thought of that? Yeah. Just because I feel like half the time Lou really is just, like, kind of freaked out. He's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. But something that I have found that has helped when we are trying, like, a new food is we have, like, that little learning stool, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have this little stool that Louie can, like, get up into – and stand by me when I'm, like, preparing dinner or, mm-hmm. like, food. And so if it's a new food, I'll, like, have him help me get it ready. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So he kind of gets to, like, touch it, feel it, smell it, taste it if he wants to yeah. before we're having it for dinner. Mm-hmm. So then, like, after when we're eating it, he's like, oh, I helped mom make this. And he's, like, right. excited about it already. You yeah. Know? And then sometimes, like, he sees it and he has, like, no interest in it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work every yeah. time. But sometimes he's like, oh, I made this. Like, Daddy, look, I made this. Totally. It's yummy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it just kind of has piqued his interest just enough in new foods when, like, sometimes I feel like if I were to have just put it on his plate, yeah, he would be like, what is this, Mom? Like, I don't yeah. want this, you know. Yeah. It's like anything. Like, they just want to feel familiar and safe. Mm-hmm. And as silly as that sounds, like, sometimes kids feel really unsafe with new foods. I even think, like, making the grocery store, which, like, this really shows you that I'm not a mom because I know that the grocery store isn't, like, an enjoyable experience with your kids probably for the most part. Low-key. But. Lou and I go on our outings. Oh, my gosh, fun. Okay, so being, like. It's kind of, like, the worst at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Lou, we're going to get two big trees, and it's, like, two heads of broccoli, Broccoli. right? Or, like, there's two white trees. There's, you know, like. Yeah. This is what a carrot looks like before we cut it up. Like, mm-hmm. just letting them see those things and talking to them about those things um, totally helps. And I, I will say, too, just as a whole – I don't know if there's more you want to talk about, but as, like, a just an overwhelming statement to this whole thing, there's definitely um, more severe cases when it comes to food and kids – So some kids, like, really struggle with textures, and it's nearly impossible to get them to eat anything that's not, Mm -hmm. like, a goldfish. Yes. And some kids really struggle 
um, with eating in general. And so if, if it like is more than just a kid being picky or a kid like really loving dessert and not wanting to eat any vegetables and those types of things, like that's when I would reach out to a dietitian or a feeding therapist or a speech therapist. Like there's totally situations where that is a really big deal and mm-hmm. kind of needs to be like, um, helped in a, in a like bigger picture way. Yes. Yeah. And so I just don't want it to sound like, oh my gosh, you can navigate this all at home. Like it's super normal to have to go get help when it comes to like feeding toddlers and stuff when there's, um, like more restriction going on. That's mm-hmm. more than just like toddler restriction. Yeah. And, and not to make that sound scary. It's no, totally not no, scary. No. But if you need more support, there's like people that can help. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking is I'm like, anyone who has a child will know that like there are certain checkpoints where like you go see your pediatrician just mm-hmm. in those first first two years. Yeah. Where like every time you go, they're checking their weight, their height. Yeah. And like their head circumference mm-hmm. to see if they're like staying on the growth chart. Yeah. And so like, Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I'm like, yeah, if my pediatrician were to say to me, oh, your child's, like, falling off the growth chart a little yeah. bit, or, like, their weight is, like, on the decline rather than, you know, increasing as they get bigger, that may be, like, a sign for you to get other help. And your pediatrician mm-hmm. may say that to you, you know, and they, they might be like, okay, how is eating at home? Right. Like, are they relying too much on their bottle and not eating not enough food? Which, yeah. I feel like that was a transition that we kind of had to navigate where For Lou sure. was like, he breastfed until he was like 15 months. But then when we started doing whole milk, he like would drink his bottle and then not want to eat until like lunchtime because yeah. I feel like it filled his whole belly. Yeah. And so my doctor was like, you should give him like a smaller bottle when he wakes up in the morning mm-hmm. and he'll want to maybe eat breakfast, you know? And it was like that tiny thing yeah. helped us kind of like get over the love for the bottle and be more into food you yeah know? and obviously like you said everyone's situation is different and everybody knows their child best like as the mom and they can navigate yeah. it how they want for sure but I think just having like a resource to go to be it this podcast or like I don't know if you have other accounts or things that like yeah. you recommend that people can follow mm-hmm. or like go do more research for themselves but just to know that like you're not alone in fighting your toddler to eat. Yeah, you know what I mean? for it's sure. Normal. It's yeah. totally normal, and you're not a failure as a mother, and, like, you don't need to put this pressure on yourself when your kid doesn't eat what you want them to eat. Because, totally. Because, like, they're just a human, and mm-hmm. you're a human, and you don't like to eat things when people are force-feeding you either. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's just the reality of it, and it's hard to remember, but that's, that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And I hope that more than anything, like, this conversation made moms feel less pressure to make it perfect. Like it shouldn't be perfect. It's not going to look perfect. You don't have to be perfect when it comes to trying to get them to intuitively eat. Like, but I think having a perspective of like, Oh yeah, this might be how they're feeling or this is how they might take this situation can be a helpful way to think about things. Mm -hmm. And I really think the biggest thing is just like giving them a little bit of, like, giving them a little more choice um, and, like, seeing how they do with it. And and also, like, one thing at a time. Like, if yes. desserts are a huge struggle, you know, and, like, that's something you want to focus on, focus on that. Like, I just don't think that – you don't need to perfect it by any means. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it was helpful. I do have some resources. I really like yeah, – throw them up here. 
Um, Sarah Remmer, two M's, R-E-M-M-E-R. She's a pediatric and a family um, dietitian, and she has a lot of really good ideas and just ways to think about things and recommendations. And then is that like a website? Like just search her? Yeah, okay. you sh- yeah. If okay. you just search her, Sarah Remmer. Cool. Um, and then I really like the Instagram Kids Eat in Color. It's like there's a period between every word. Um, but she's super realistic and shows like real life examples of like what she feeds her kids. She's another dietitian. And then I don't know how to say this name, so bear with me. Crystal Cargs. I'm going to spell yeah, it. Yeah, Cargies. Cargs. Oh, yeah. Did you find her? Uh, oh, you're I'm, reading no, my I'm notes, huh? No, but I am looking at them. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm like, I don't Crystal know. Crystal with a C. <laughs> R-Y-S-T-A-L. K-A-R-G-E-S, another Instagram that um, has a lot of really good ideas and advice and stuff like that. So, Very cool. Yeah, that's it. Good luck to all you moms. <laughs> I'll be here in my rich mom sweatshirt. but <laughs> Supporting us all. <laughs> I'm not rich or a mom, so <laughs> I'm a fraud. <laughs> well, you guys, mom or not, Tay totally knows what she's talking about when it comes to food. And I cannot wait to try these tips and tricks she gave us with Lewis. If you have a toddler and are in my shoes, girl, I feel you. It is so frustrating and just, I wish I could throw every snack we own out the window and he would just magically come back to eating every food we offered him. But obviously that's not it. So being able to put a couple tricks in my bag and have a better idea and understanding of how little toddlers brains work and how they really feel towards food really can help us create more positive relationships for our children. So I hope that you gained something from this episode just like I did. If you're not already, follow us on Instagram at undereducated.pod and you know what to do. Stay here and catch another episode next week. Mm -hmm.